prostrate before your presence, confessing that we are wrong and you are right, confessing that we are weak and you are strong. God, speak to our hearts, change our walk, change our reasoning. Help us, Lord God, to be the people of God you've called us to be. Bind the enemy in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. amen. Church, say amen. amen. Church, say amen again. Amen. Let's give our illustrious choir a hand clap. Praise the name of Jesus. Truly, God is an awesome, 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 awesome God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For all you church folk who don't see Sister Gordon, I, I don't want you preoccupied during the sermon. She's in Hartford, Connecticut. She'll be back this evening. She's at a regional meeting. And uh, we prayed this morning. She's going into worship. And we thank God for her. Amen. I'm home alone three. <laughs> Praise God. And God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Life demands that we may, that we may constant uh, acceptances and adapt adaptations. I was telling my wife last week, I said, uh, you know, I miss my kids. You know, I miss my kids. Whether I, whether I was supposed to miss them or not, I miss them. All three of them are out, and they working, they, they, they relocated, and it's all good, praise the Lord, but I'm home alone three. And uh, all I need is for them to come back one day, and I'm ready for them to leave again. <laughs> praise the Lord, but, uh, but that's another story, amen. God is good. Um, we've been dealing with disclosure. And we began with Peter in Acts 10 that God had to disclose to him things he either did not know or did not see or could not see. And there are times in our lives when God's got to come alongside of us and put us in the class. You're not as good as you think you are. You're not as yielded as you think you are. You're not as holy as you think you are. You. So God revealed to Peter that because of his purest mindset of being a Jew, he was offending God's purposes. Uh, and, uh, and then we moved to Elijah. Elijah was out of place. He was in the place, but he was out of God's place. And God asked him, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm the only one, listen to this, that really cares about your holiness. And God said, no, 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 no. I got 7,000, a remnant, that have not bowed to Baal. When you start thinking you're the only one, you need counseling. Can I get a witness? You need counseling. And, uh, and then we went to the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 Pauline epistles, probably the, the most profound apostle of all the apostles. And in Acts 20, as he's talking to the Ephesian elders, they beg him not to go back to Jerusalem. He said, no, 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 no. He said, bonds and afflictions await me, but none of these things move me. He went back and got locked up, and the rest is history. Jesus didn't forsake him. Jesus came in the cell and said, I'm with you. But uh, Paul was just sold out about his people. And when you get to Romans 10, he said, I wish that I could go to hell so all of them go to heaven. All right. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And then we closed out on Jonah. Jonah, the pouting, disobedient prophet. Jonah had major anger issues. And his anger was against God. And we have to be careful that from our history, our hurts, that we're not carrying anger, exposing it to people that are innocent. It's typically the innocent that we hurt. Can I get a witness? They had nothing to do with your anger. They had nothing to do with your history. But they have to feel the pain. Today we begin a series on renewed, renewed. Everything from this point out is now renewed. And I'm, I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it was read in your hearing, first six verses. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. And I want to look at verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Difficulty by design. Difficulty by design or a balanced blessing. Difficulty by design or a balanced blessing. Believers in Jesus Christ are called and cautioned to learn to live liberated lives from both sides of the fence. Believers, their faith in Christ and their flesh in conflict. We have to learn how to let God be God in our faith, amen, and when we're struggling in our flesh. That, that is not an easy lesson. God wants us between our suffering and his sufficiency. The two sides of this fence is, one is our suffering, and we may be like Job, may be like other uh, Habakkuk. Why do the righteous suffer? Why is it when I'm at the point where I'm trying to be yielded and do your will, are all these things coming into my life? That, that, is, that is a question throughout Scripture that uh, many, many writers have asked that when we look at this matter of suffering and sufficiency between light and a laboring darkness, that it's all by a sovereign God's design. God sovereignly calls our lives into difficulty with a dual design package in place. He wants us to know about what he has placed in us, what power he has given to us, and what presence he has around us. Do I have a witness? As we, as we grow in God's grace, and let me stop, pause, and park, and just elaborate on grace. Please don't think that anything that you are or you have, you deserve. I worked all these years for this. Excuse me. Grace is unmerited love. Grace says you're nobody. You're nothing. You're a bag of hot air. You, you, amen. You're only here because my unmerited love has allowed you to exist. You're not righteous. You don't reason well. Can I get a witness? You're, you're not as smart as you think you are. Uh, you're, you're only here because of grace. That's why the song writer said amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I only see because of grace. I only came out of sin because of grace. I I'm, I'm only standing in this place because of grace. Do I have a witness? My sins should have snuffed me out a long time ago. But grace came along and grace picked me up and grace turned me around and grace planted my feet on solid ground. And Jesus is the God of all grace. Thank you, Lord. Talks about this 
grace, growing in grace. And that's why I don't like to hear people who are judgmental. Who in the world do you think you are? How can you parse your lips to talk about somebody else when your history is dirty? When there's skeletons in your closet. But for the grace of God, when you look at a person on the streets with a blanket over them, but for the grace of God, there goes I. But come on now. Somebody, somebody in Barbary don't know who they are, but for the grace of God, there, there goes I. We, we can never look down on anybody. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so 2 Corinthians is the Apostle Paul defense for ministry. Let me stop Paul's in part because ministry requires toughness and tenacity. Everybody is not cut out for ministry. Yeah. Uh Yeah, we're cut out to receive compliments for ministry. We ain't cut out for ministry. Ministry is going to cost you something. Ministry is not even about you. Ministry is about somebody else. Your name ought not even come up in ministry. Do I have a witness? In fact, in fact, if you're teaching a class, the class ought to barely know who you are in ministry. The choir is singing unto the Lord in ministry. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so ministry, ministry, amen, is a commitment, is continuance. It takes faith and freedom. It's warfare and worship. And if you are looking for greatness, ministry is the wrong, wrong place to look. You got to get down and dirty. You got to get low. You can I get a witness that that child of God ministry ministry requires that you have a faith a faith that will not faint. Uh-oh. A stick-to-itiveness. Mm. Something that's going to keep on going in spite of. See, see, and I believe that faithfulness is you doing something for God. Watch this now. And allowing God to okay an obstacle when you're trying to do it. And you find a way to get over the obstacle to be faithful in doing it. That every time there is a breach, you don't give up. Every time everything doesn't go your way, you don't give out. I'm preaching up in this place. Every, every, every time your feelings get hurt, you don't want to, you want to resign. That, that's not faithfulness. You, first of all, you're doing it for the Lord. Can I get a witness? And Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's going to cost you something. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, in John chapter 13, they, they were arguing who was the greatest. That's what prompted his example. He getting ready to go to the cross and die, and they sitting around talking about who's the greatest. James, John, Peter, Thomas, you know, uh, uh, you know whatever. And Jesus, uh, after dinner, Lord have mercy, always do it after dinner. After dinner, took off his robe. Metaphorically, he took off his self-import. You got to take off something before you minister to somebody else. Uh, He took off his robe and put on a towel, got a basin, filled it up with water, and began to wash the other's feet. And Peter said, you ain't washing my feet. He said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have no part of me. So Peter, Peter said, well, I only wash my feet. Give me a bath. Jesus said, you don't need a bath. You've been bathed already. You've been saved, but uh, every day when you're walking with sandals and dirt, your feet get dusty. So I want to wash your feet 
for your fellowship walk. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't getting this. Y'all, y'all ain't getting this. Folk come to church every Sunday talking about give me a bath. No, you don't need a bath. You already been saved. Can I get a witness? And their denominations want to take a bath every Sunday. They don't need a bath. They need their feet washed. Do I have a witness? That, that child of God, when you begin to understand these two extremes of faith and, yeah, feigning, there is a fizzling that goes on. And, and Paul, Paul began to validate in the virtues, the visions, and the victories in Jesus Christ. Now, now let me tell you what I look for as, a, as a, an expositor, as a preacher, as a pastor. When you get up to preach or teach, I'm only listening to one thing. How many times you mention the name Jesus? That's all I'm listening for. You can come up here with all that superb, superlative language and uh, splitting your verbs and adverbs and adjectives and prepositions. I ain't looking for that. How often do you mention Jesus? Because Jesus said, without me, nothing. Do I have a witness up in the house? And, 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 so, and so, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, it's here that Paul begins to deal with this matter of growth and guidance and this matter of regeneration. I don't turn, but John, John's gospel is not a synoptic gospel. The word synoptic means synonym, synopsis. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synonyms. The earthly life of Jesus Christ. From different, from different perspectives, of course. Jesus, the king of the Jews, Matthew, uh, the Messiah, and uh, uh, Mark, the servant, Luke, the son of man. But when you get to John, he's only dealing with him as the son of God. Seven miracles that only God could do. Son of God, God, the son. And in the prologue of John... And I love the prologue. In the prologue of John, when you define it in the Greek, don't turn to John, but just listen. He's the eternal God in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, Logos. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Equality. With the notes, equality. He was with God, and he was God. The prologue, the prologue of John's gospel uses the divine imagination because there's nothing in the English language that can get us to understand what John is talking about. He says, in the beginning, we already saw that in Genesis 1, in the beginning God, Elohim's, the plurality of God. But Moses, who wrote the Pentateuch, is talking about in the beginning of time. John is talking about in the beginning of eternity, which is a paradox. It's an apparent contradiction because eternity has no beginning. If we could attach, Leroy, a beginning to eternity... Jesus was already there. In the beginning of eternity, was, was the Word. That, that's, that's the thing that blows me about the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied 740 years before the birth of Christ, but he talked in the past tense. He was bruised. For our iniquities, he was he, he, how can a prophet, 700 years before the birth of the person he's talking about, talk in the past tense? Because in God's mind, it was already finished. God was not waiting on Calvary to clear sins. <clears throat> the eternality of Jesus Christ is in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was already the Word. Mm. And the Word was light, 
life, lamb, ladder. John's whole first chapter deals with one person. He's the coming promised Messiah. That's why he could tell a woman at the well, woman, if you knew who I was, <laughs> you would ask me for water. Living water. Can I get a witness? That, that, that child of God, child of God, John 1 deals with the eternality, and then between the eternality and everlasting. Everlasting has a beginning in time, but no end. Mm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You had a point of origin, beginning, but now that you're saved, you will have no point of ending. So it's like a seminary up here, then. But when you get to John 3, it says, Nicodemus, him and Gamaliel were the two top profs at the University of Jerusalem. Nicodemus was a righteous, godly man. He was a Pharisee, a lawyer. He comes to Jesus by night. Now, we don't need to make a spectacle of by night. Some, some say he came by night so he can get some time with Jesus because Jesus was preoccupied with crowds. I don't believe that Nicodemus was ashamed to be seen with Jesus. Nicodemus was a bad boy. But when he comes to Jesus, he comes in the Greek with a plural pronoun. We know you come from God because of your miracles. No man can do the miracles you have done. We know. We who? The Sanhedrin Council. The 70 elders that run the, the whole nation. We know you've come from God. No man can do the miracles that you've done. So Jesus said, okay, fine. You're using a plural pronoun. Let me use a plural pronoun. Ye, you, and all the other 69 must be born again. <laughs> born again what? The word again means from above. You came out your mother's womb, there was water involved, a water bag bus, you came, uh, uh, a three trimesters, you came through the natural birth, now you got to come through the supernatural birth. You got you to you be born from above, be born through the spirit and the word. You need spirit and truth to be saved. You, yeah, yeah, the spirit hits your heart to accept truth. Can I get it? It's God's report. Are y'all going to talk to me or what? You must be born again. And once you're born again, regeneration starts. A process by which God places the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And he's a down payment till you see Jesus. Can I get a witness? That means we got somebody on the inside that will never leave us. We got a paraclete, a parakaleo who will walk with us, who, uh, a paraclete who will comfort us, a paraclete who will counsel us, a paraclete who will quiet our tears and give us hope in the promises of God. Do I have a witness? There is a metamorphosis, there's a change that's going on. And child of God, one of the things that happens when the regeneration starts, I can't, re, I, I can't go back, I can't, Lord have mercy, I can't change the system. But the system's going to change me. I'm, uh, uh, excuse me, my diet is going to change. Can I get a witness? Oh, y'all looking at me funny up in here. See, 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 when an ugly, hairy, hideous, crawling caterpillar goes into a cocoon and becomes a beautiful butterfly, he no longer wants to eat trees and sap. He wants nectar. Yeah. And if you save, your diet ought to change. Yeah. Things I used to do, I don't want to do anymore. And places I used to go, I, I don't want to go anymore because... A change has come. 
And the change is not instantaneous, it's progressive. Okay, how much you switched in the world? Whether you're a man or a woman. Somebody need to preach it. Okay, how much you laid down in the world? How much you got high in the world? How much you cussed in the world? Once you meet Jesus, something is going to change on the inside. And these pastors are scared to preach truth. Yes, they are. They're afraid they're going to offend somebody who tithes money. Take your money home. We preach the truth up in this place now. Because the truth will set you free. Can I get a witness? The truth will bring me out. And then the truth will bring me in. The truth will take me up and stop me from going down. Can I get a witness? The truth will stop me from fainting when there's friction in my face. That's my proposition today. See, I'm not going to faint when my faith gets in friction. Or I might get low, I might pout every once in a while, I might get into a pity party, but I'm not falling out. I'm not throwing a towel in. I'm not leaving church. I'm not going back into the world because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And every time I get low, I can hear the Spirit saying, come on, let's get up. Keep moving. Weeping may endure. I feel like preaching now. For a night, but joy will come in the morning. I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen the seed begging bread. Can I get a witness? Because God will save from the guttermost. Uh-huh. To the uttermost. Won't he do it, saints? In the name of Jesus. So, 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 so Paul takes this powerful text. To teach a powerful truth. Lord, have mercy. And, yeah, help me, Holy Ghost. You, you, you will never understand the text until you understand the literal grammatical setting of the text. So chapter 4 says, therefore, in verse 1. And whenever you see it, therefore, you got to ask, what is it there for? Do I have a witness? That means there's something in chapter 3 that started this message. So you got to keep going back. I do I have a witness? So when you go back to 318, uh, 317, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now let me stop pausing part. Wherever Jesus is, we are liberated. I'm not under compulsion to follow the devil. I'm not, I don't have to be slick. I don't, I don't have to do stuff under the table. When, when, I, when I'm liberated, I'm liberated. I, I can stand when it's not always convenient to stand. I can hope when it's always not convenient to hope. He says, verse 18, but we all, all believers, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Therefore, chapter 4, verse 1, seeing we have this ministry. Now, now, now I'm, I'm, I want to expedite this so you can not be here all day. When you get to the beginning of chapter 3, 
Paul went back into Judaism. He went back into the law when Moses went up to the mountain to get the commandments. And because he was face to face with God, he had a glow on his face. A glow so bright that he had to put a veil on. Are y'all getting this? And as he came down the mountains with the commandments, listen to this, the glow started to disappear. Lord have mercy. The, the glow started, the glow is the law. The law started disappearing. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and the Bible says, amen, he, he's, he's contrasting the glow of Moses and law to the glow that we find in Jesus that does not stop fading. That as we continuously are focused on the face of Jesus Christ, we are being changed into his image. See, the key is you got to keep being focused on Jesus. Not Hansel and Gretel, not, not the good witch from the north. You got to be focused on Jesus. You got to see Jesus in everything. You got to know that Jesus is all powerful. You got to know that Jesus is in control. I do a heavy witness. You, you, you got to understand that Jesus is your only way out. Jesus is your comfort and strength. Can I get a witness? That, that, that Jesus paid the price so I could have a right to the tree of life. Can I get a witness? You, you, he says, he says, look what he says, as we have this ministry, uh, as we have received mercy. Now, the only ones receive mercy are those that are saved. Now, the unsaved, it can rain on the just and the unjust, but the unsaved don't receive this personal mercy. Only the, only the saved receive this personal mercy. We faint not. And then he goes on in verse 3, he says, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now let me bring this out. Here I go. I'm a, I'm a troublemaker. I'm a troublemaker. If this gospel is hid, it's hid to the lost. Not you seeking God and not finding him. And speculation says you might be saved. It's to the loss. Your loss. Your loss. Here's what made God so deep. Two people growing up in the same home with the same parents went to the same schools Grew up the same, under the same rules. One is in heaven, one's in hell. Because God has something to do with the one in heaven. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? Lazarus and a rich man, uh, on Luke 16, the man said, uh, can you give me a, just a drop of water on my tongue? It's hot down here. And can you get somebody to go back and tell my brothers not to come out here? And they said, no, we can't do that. Your brothers didn't believe you when you was alive. Why are they going to believe you now? Because you're dead. Let the Bible be the Bible. So what he, what he says, what he said, what he said, what he says, in verse 6, he's, give, he's given light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we're still on his light. So it's Jesus' light. He's the light of the world. John 8, 10. He's, he's the light. Light, life. Logos, light, life. Lord, have mercy. Ladder, we, we had the... Ah, we had, we had Jesus as eternal God, Jesus as creator God, Jesus as incarnate God. He was born. He dwelt, John 1, 14, among us. Hmm. God became human. God took on flesh. God came in a makeshift delivery room while cows and sheep stared at him. He burst in the time. God in the flesh. 
without losing his divinity, he took on humanity. He's the hypostatic union, 100% man and 100% God. He always was. He always will be. It was nothing ever sacrificed or compromised. Here we go. He go to surgery. He go to surgery. He go to breakthrough. We see God's imparted light, verse 7. Are you with me? But we have this treasure. That's the Holy Spirit. In earthen vessels, that's our flesh. Uh, now, 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 please let me stop, pause, and park, because first we see the placement of God's treasures. I, I'm, let, me, let me give you this Gordonism, and, and, and this is not, this is mine. We are trash with a treasure. We got a treasure inside of our trash. Us compared to the Holy Spirit, we're trash. I, I can see y'all looking at me and don't call me trash. Well, you've been called worse than trash. Compared to the Holy Spirit, we're trash. Because he's God. He's perfect. Can I get, we're imperfect. We're messed up. We're fickle. We're on the day, off the mile. Can I get a witness? That, that, that is what he's saying is, listen to this. We, we have a powerhouse on the inside. Lord have mercy, we got a treasure, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Once you get saved, and this happens before regeneration, there's a, there's, there, there's a process. Once you and I receive Jesus Christ, believing he's God's son, son of God, he died for my sins, was buried and rose again, that's the gospel. Because what Paul is talking about, we have this specificity, this ministry is the ministry of the gospel, a new covenant. Uh, this is not what Moses was peddling. This is gospel, a new covenant. Where all my sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven. Because Jesus died for my sins. Do I have a witness? God became an accountant and he did, he did an accountant's move. When you're an accountant, whatever changes on one side of the ledger, got to change the other side of the ledger. So he took all of our sins and put it on Jesus' side. And he took Jesus' righteousness and put it on our side. So now I'm just as righteous as Jesus. And Jesus has all of my sins on his side of the ledger. Are y'all praying with me? And God has already balanced the ledger sleep sheet. It's at a zero. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? When you, when, you, when, you begin, when, you begin, when you begin to look at this, Paul is using this metaphoric language. We have this treasure, uh, and, and, and it's in earthen vessels. It's hidden in earthen vessels, baked clay, pots which are breakable, pots which are replaceable. And what they do, they hold valuables in the first century. And Paul stretched this metaphor to say not only... Are there valuables in this breakable, replaceable pottage? But I'm in there, and I'm like garbage and manure. Mm, Lord have mercy. That God places this treasure inside of this trash. So that the excellency of the knowledge of God might be of him and not of us. Boy, I wish I had a witness up in here. That, now, now the problem is that once God puts valuables, the treasure, the Holy Spirit, inside of these baked clay, replaceable and breakable bodies... God comes along intentionally and breaks open the pot. He breaks the pot open so others can see the treasure. There's a treasure in you. But before anybody benefits from it, God got to break you. So they don't see you, they see the treasure. 
can I get a witness? God, God got to get them to see the treasure, not you. You know, we put these suits on, we put these dresses on, we, we dye, fry our hair, we, come on now, you know what we're doing. You want folk to see you. God said, I want folk to see you, I want folk to see the treasure. It's the treasure in you, Sister Hicks, that's going to help you. Amen. When you and I come in contact. So I go up to Dr. Bruce Benton, and if Dr. Bruce Benton says, uh, Pastor, be encouraged. I pray for you. The Lord is on your side. Then uh, I know that treasure is coming out of his pot. That's right. But before he could say that, God was breaking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that the treasure could come out of the pottage. God breaks us to make us. Placed by God, power of God, protection from God. We, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. God is trying to, at an early stage of regeneration, he's trying to weed us out of the picture. I'm upset because a lot of your bishops and pastors are trying to be great. It ain't about Jesus no more. It ain't about edifying the flock. It's about their greatness. And God ain't sharing his glory with nobody. Ain't nothing great about you. Put your pants on the same way I put mine on. Are y'all getting this picture? I'm, I'm amazed that I'm still alive. I'm amazed that I'm preaching the word. I'm amazed, amen, that I'm on a street called straight because I know where God bought me from. Broken, rejected, abandonment, anger, need counseling, messed up. Do I have a witness? But God, who's rich in mercy. You better see the light. You better see the imparted light. God imparted something to you that made you be here this morning. God imparted something in you. Can I get a witness? And you know what? He gave you, yeah. He gave you a presence, and he gave you a placement, and he gave you a power. That's why we don't faint. We can take a licking and keep on ticking. That ain't you getting back up. That's the Spirit of God getting you up. That ain't you being encouraged. That's the Spirit of God encouraging you. That ain't you with a smile on your face. That's the Spirit of God putting a smile on your face. Can I get a witness? He's worthy. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. Thank you, Jesus. I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen a seed begging bread. Weeping may endure for a night. Keep on waiting. But joy, I said joy, joy will come in the morning. But we have this treasure. Every time I get low, the Lord gets me up. Every time I get discouraged, the Lord encourages me. Every time I feel like throwing a towel in, the Lord takes the towel. I am your strength. I am. I am. I am. Uh, thank you, Jesus. But we have this treasure. Yeah. I heard an old preacher say, 56 things happen simultaneously you don't feel or see when you get saved. 
God places the Holy Spirit in us. That's called indwelling. And then the Holy Spirit places us in the body of Christ. That's called the baptism. Baptism ain't got nothing to do with no water. It's you being placed. God is placing you for your own protection. God is placing you so you can praise him in the midst of trouble. God is placing you so you can say no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. God's placing you in spite of your job, in spite of your marriage, in spite of your money, in spite of your ministry, in spite of your mindset. I will wait upon the Lord and he will won't he do it won't he do it but they that wait upon the Lord he shall renew their strength he'll mount you up with wings like eagles you'll run and not get weary you'll walk and not faint We see the placement of God's treasure. But secondly, we see the power of God's pleasure, treasure. Now, this is not imparted light. This is reflective light. That means God, the light he placed in you, is going to go through a a, a process of reflection. Now, you're going to start... Helping others because of what God's going to take you through. He's going to edify somebody else because of what he took me through. Do I have a witness? Uh, and, 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 and so, child of God, it, it is here that we move. Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm into the betweens. Contextually, what God is doing is preparing us to be people who can suffer, but at the same time, other side of the fence, learn about God's sufficiency. Suffering for the believer is a course that everybody's got to take. And what God is going to do, he's going to expose you to suffering, but he's going to educate you on sufficiency. He's going to balance this stuff out so you can run for him. I'm preaching up in this place today. See, see, I said this morning, look, 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 I grew up, South Philadelphia grew up in the 50s. Listen, there were days I ate mustard sandwiches, two pieces of bread and mustard. Well, why did you eat mustard sandwiches with no more meat? And you will learn the adaptation that when there's no more meat to suffice without meat. Paul said, I've learned how to abound and how to be a base. Can I get a witness? Mustard sandwiches, mayonnaise sandwiches, peanut butter jelly sandwich, processed cheese, buttermilk. Let me, let me look up at the clock. Y'all know what I'm talking about. In the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Spam. Yes, yeah, salam alaikum to you too. Spam. Pork and beans and hot dogs. Do I have a witness? Uh, we've been there. Can I get a witness? And so now I can go, Dad, and have a porterhouse steak, medium wet, uh, uh, medium done, and I, I can enjoy that steak. Can I get a witness? But I don't get hooked on the steak because I've been on both sides of the fence. I know how to get by with nothing, and I know how to get by with a lot. Can I get a witness? 
Yeah, I can wear Christ brother suits. Can I get a witness? Diamond leather suits. That's on South Street. Y'all know about that. I'm sorry, Ridge Avenue ain't sell that. But look at this. That's that's. Look at me. Look at me. I know how to wear good clothes, but I wore hand-me-downs. Been on both sides of the fence, so that when I'm tested. I don't give up on either side. I've been there, done that. Can I get a witness? Drove a car, rode rode, rode in a car in 1965, had a hot sticker. Y'all know nothing about no hot stickers. Nobody had insurance. Nobody had a license. If the police was behind you, jump out and ran. Do I have a witness? Been there, done that. Now I'm driving legal. I got all my papers. Do I have a witness? I said, I've been on both sides of the fence. Can I get a witness? I wish I had a witness up in this place. Child of God, God wants you to experience both sides of the fence. So when he leads you in the ministry, if you're on one side, you can get by. If you're on the other side, you can get by. Can I get a witness? I'm coming in for a landing. That is... Paul uses four contrasts contextually to talk about learning, suffering, and learning sufficiency. And if you don't learn this lesson, quit. You're going to be in trouble. Do I have a witness? You're going to be in trouble. My grandmother used to send me to a grocery store in South Philly. She I come up there and say, hey, nanny, hey, go down to the store and give me this. She had an account with all them stores. I, uh, Campos, just, uh, you, know, you know, all of them. And she said, go get me a box of rice and go get me this. And I said, okay. Now, I'm about nine years old. I said, okay, I put my hand out for the money. She take the money, put it in a sock yeah. and put a knot to it. Don't you lose this money. And I, I had the embarrassment to get in the store. The store was packed, and I'm trying to open up a sock. What kind of mess is this? How many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so now I can go and shop right. Just get a cart. I don't need no sock. I don't need no stamps. I don't need no lists. I just roll up and down the aisles. I can just throw in that wheel. Can I get a witness? Because I know by the time I get to the counter, I got the money in my pocket to get whatever I want to get. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I've been there and done that. I've been there and done that. Can I get a witness? So, so So when Leroy is counseling you on marriage, he's already been there and done that. Oh, God. Look at the four. We, we coming in. Paul says... <laughs> We are, verse 8, troubled, hard-pressed on every side. God says, now we got to learn the betweens. That's the suffering. You got to learn to go through something. Do I have a witness? I was saying this morning, when I came out the military after seven years, man, in 74, I, I went in in 68. I came out, built. Drinking, running the streets, doing my thing, go to the doctor, perfect blood pressure. Taking no pill, no, taking no legal pills, anyway. Can I get a witness? Messed up. Now I go to the doctor, well, you know, this is a little high, and you know, this is a little low, and I'm sick of this. So God's got me yearning for a new body. Y'all, y'all ain't getting this one. Y'all ain't getting this one. God, God already got me yearning for a new body. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so try, he said, we are troubled on every side. Hard press. That's the suffering. But God, amen, we get confused. But God sends a calming counterpart. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed we don't lose it we don't lose it 
You better learn to live between these things. Your suffering is sufficiency. You better learn to call things that be not as though it already was. You better learn to be still and know that he's God. Can I get a witness? God's not going to turn every circumstance your way. God's not going to answer every prayer. God's not going to show up the way you want him to show up. But God is faithful. He knows what you need, when you need it, how you need it, and by what means you need it. And he's never late. Can I get a witness? He's an on-time God. We're hard-pressed, but not distressed. I've been here 31 years, and in 31 years, at times I've been hard-pressed. Not because of the people, been under a satanic attack. Major. God ain't going to let a place grow by the thousands, budgets by the millions, and not attack you. Satan is coming, Doc. And he's coming with everything he's got. And some of your suffering is satanic. It's from, a, it's from below. Some, some of the things you're experiencing right now has nothing to do with you. It's, it's from the devil. That, that, that is, look at a second, we're perplexed. Are y'all with me? Uh-huh, that's still in verse 8. Perplexed means confused by all the conflict. But we're not in despair. Look, look, at, look, at, look at the suffering and the sufficiency. Confused. And I know I get confused. I say, now Lord, I'm like Ananias. How you ask me to take care of this guy Paul and he don't kill Christians? I'm saying, no, we're not perfect, but Lord, we are at least trying to live right. There are people that ain't even trying to live right. Do I have a witness? And 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 we we are we are we are we are we are persecuted. I mean perplexed, but not in despair. Learn to lead, live between the suffering and the sufficiency. There's a lesson here. You better learn. Can I get a witness? See, it's the sufficiency that encourages you through the suffering. It's the sufficiency that helps you grow up in the suffering. Are y'all getting this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on. Persecuted, chased, but not forsaken. Persecution here is the suffering. Now, when I looked at this in the Greek, the word persecuted means chased. And you, you, you know, some of y'all look at me, chased from what? Well, I'm, I found myself running from my own stuff. Hoping it won't catch me. Uh, I don't want my past to overtake me. I, I don't want the I don't I don't I don't I don't want all the mess I was in to come back on me. Can I get a witness? I I don't want to handle problems the way I handle them in the world. Are, y- are y'all with me? Yeah, now, child of God, he says, chase persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down is the suffering. And sometimes you're going to hit the mat. Satan going to throw you to the mat. But you can't stay down there. That's the suffering. But the sufficiency is you're not destroyed. Every time the, re- the umpire or the referee gets to nine, there's a tendency that I get up. Might have a bloody lip, might have a bloody nose, might have a poked out eye, but I'm getting up because the Lord is in me and the Lord is with me and the Lord is for me. Oh, Jesus. That's reflective light. I'm coming in now. But third, Paul deals with the responsive light. In verses 13 to 16, we see the presence, permanence of God's treasure. And look at verse 13. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We who believe and therefore speak, 
knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us as with you. Now don't miss this. Verse 15. For all things are for your sakes. Uh-huh. That the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint <laughs> not. But though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, according to eternity, is far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. Do I have a witness? The reason we won't faint in the midst of all the friction is because God has given you a faith that is a treasure that will never leave you nor forsake you. That you can take a licking and keep on ticking. The reason you coming out of this is because God put something inside of you that keeps coming back to life. Keep giving you uh, power when you want to give up. Keep giving you encouragement when you can't see no way out. Keep putting a smile on your face when you want to cry all night. That God is able. It is, yeah, a design difficulty. Raymond Gordon, I want you to live between suffering and my sufficiency. Can I get a witness? So Paul went to Jesus three times and said, can you move this thorn in my flesh? And Jesus said, no, I'm not moving it for my grace is sufficient for you. We don't like to hear that, but you got to keep on reading what Paul says. Paul says, therefore... Since his grace satisfies, since his grace is sufficient, since I can suffer, and there's another side of the coin called sufficiency, let me open up the door and let trouble come in. By faith, let me let all trouble come in. Paul got to his door and said, trouble? Trouble said, yes, Paul. He said, come on in. Why are you inviting us in, Paul, that the grace may abound? I've got the sufficiency in spite of my suffering. Been gone through, want to give up, throw the towel in, but I've got sufficiency. And my sufficiency is of the Lord. I've got sufficiency. Because God's going to show up with his power. Can I, I've got sufficiency. Can I get a witness? No weapon formed against me. I've got sufficiency. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I've got sufficiency. The Lord is my refuge and my strength of every present time of help in the time of trouble. I've got sufficiency. Every time trouble comes, i got triumph in the trouble. Can I get a witness? God is growing us up. God is maturing us. God wants us between both sides of the fence so that when you tell somebody about your suffering, you don't end the story right there. You say, but now, now let me tell you about his sufficiency. That God is able... Is he able? He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to present himself perfect. He's able. Is he able? Is he able? Is he able? He's able. So Paul, so Paul, so Paul, so Paul says, now that I've learned how to live between suffering and sufficiency when I'm weak then I'm strong can I get a witness when I want to give up now he shows up can I get a witness I can do all things through Christ who keeps on strengthening me can I get a witness 
stop looking back and look forward can I get a witness stop making excuses and be enlightened the Lord is worthy he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy to be praised the sound of feet Difficulty by design. Is every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here today and you need to be saved, we want you to give, just reach, put your hand in there. Jesus died for your sins and buried and rose again. He's the Son of God and God the Son. If you want to give your life to Christ, just put your hand in there. We love you. Or if you want to join the church and Christian experience, put your hand in there. We love you. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus, thank you for this renewed message that we have this treasure that's hidden and it's hidden because you're going to break it you're going to balance it and you're going to bless it God we pray that you would teach us how to live with the little and with the lot teach us how to be satisfied with Lord God, the little and the lot. Teach us how to be balanced in our lives. That you have bought us from a mighty long way. And you've been faithful through it all. So as we leave this place, but never your presence, dismiss us, Lord God, with your choicest benediction. And help us to be satisfied between these two powerful fences. Our suffering and your sufficiency. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, seen both, sides. seen both sides. Praise the Lord. Praise God bless you. See you Wednesday at CORE. Have a great day.